record this. All right, three, two, one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 19 of the Purple Octopus Red Sweater Podcast. My name is Evan, joined by Wes as always. Wes, how are you? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing well. I'm doing even better because I discovered what a real Canada superstore was. I thought that name was hilarious. Because yeah. <laughs> I just like Walmart. Remember who the real, the real hockey powerhouse is too. Canada women dominate. Yeah. We bought a steak dinner on that, so I owe you one from Gibson's. We'll do that sometime. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I turned it off after the second period. I was, like, falling asleep uh, when, when they were down 2 nothing. So I don't really have a ton about that game. I know they pretty much just got dominated, though. The U.S. did. Canada captain uh, Marie-Philippe Poulain, the game-winning goal. She also had the game-winning goal in the gold medal game in the 2010 Olympics and the 2014 Olympics. So, and she also has seven of the last 10 gold medal goals for Canada at Olympics or world championships. So she's just a fucking superstar. She's the first, first uh, female hockey player to score in four different Olympics too, right? Yeah. And Sarah nurse, um, passing Haley Wickenheiser for most points ever in a tournament. Uh, I think any time that you go past Haley Wickenheiser on a record book um, is like going past Wayne Gretzky. So that's huge for Sarah Nurse, who uh, is the cousin of Oiler defenseman Darnell Nurse. Yeah, they're a wagon. Uh, You could tell right away that uh, Canada was going to outclass the U.S. all night. The only chance that the U.S. had was in transition. It seemed like they had a couple good chances from turnovers in the middle of the ice and didn't capitalize. They had an open net in the first period, like five minutes in, they missed the open net on. So, yeah, I mean, congrats to Canada. It's, uh, another thing that kind of drives me nuts about the women's um, Olympics game is that people bitch that it's just the Canada-USA show. But it's kind of like a benchmark. Like, if you want to be... Um, this is not an original take either, but you know, if you want to compete at that level, you know, you're looking at what you got to be. So, I mean, I don't mind it. I I get where, yeah. And and they do say that, but I mean, at at the same time, up until 1980 and even still really after 1980, it was Canada and the Soviet union who dominated in hockey and, uh, and, and the men's hockey. Yeah in the 1980 Olympics there with the Miracle on Ice following fo- following up uh, the Miracle on Ice by by winning the gold medal in the next game. But, um, yeah, and then, and, and then Canada and the Soviets kind of went back to dominating again. Um, and nobody ever really benched. It was like, well, you know, you got to get to that level. You got to get better. Like, you know, and, and you look at it, man. I watched the the bronze medal game between Finland and Switzerland, and that was a great game. And fuck, Finland was unbelievable. Um, they like they just dominated Switzerland, but yeah, man, these women are fast and they're fun to watch. Um, and and they, they need are. more of an outlook than just the uh, just the Olympic games. You know, like not even their world championships are really televised. And then when you go back, when you break down right to the, the, the professional women's league, um, yeah. whatever it's called now, um, with the joint association of the two different leagues. But yeah, uh, definitely with a little exposure, they're 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 fun to watch because they're fast and they're and they're good. They are they're very, very good. good. 
yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, huge shout out to Canada again. Uh, yeah, like my my buddies who are like somewhat hockey fans, like they'll watch like big games and tune in for the Olympics and they'll get rowdy with me and shit like that. But they didn't really get into women's hockey until this year. And I put them on being like, the USA is a wagon. Like, well, we're, we're going to be in the gold medal game. Like watch all of their games and just watch like really fundamental sound hockey. And like, it's exciting too. It's fast paced, a lot of scoring opportunities. It, it's a good watch for sure. And especially with like the, the state of Olympic men's hockey where there's no stars, I would much rather watch a USA Canada women's game than a USA um, Canada men's game. Yeah, yeah. Watching the men's Olympics, uh, Canada US, it was like watching an uh, an ECHL game. Exactly. And, uh, and there, and the, the, there's no knock against ECHL because you guys are still professional hockey players and you're still living the dream yeah. and you get paid for it. But um, uh, going to level. a game is one thing. Going to an ECHL game is one thing. Um, but to have it nationally televised, uh, sorry, there's, there's a reason your guys aren't nationally televised and because you're not the top league. So, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, they got to get EHL. I've been to ECHL games, man. And I like, I'll have a good time. I have a good time at OHL games. It's all yeah. about getting the atmosphere, but I don't want to watch the OHL game on television. Yeah. I'm looking at the Iowa wild stadium right now out of my apartment window and like, those tickets are cheap and I'm going to go to those games all the time because you're watching like the next generation of, um, you know, the NHL coming up. So definitely no knock against like the leagues that aren't the NHL, but yeah, like you said, it's not the same. Was it same not level. against Iowa last week when Bergen had that overtime yep. win? Yeah. The nasty. Yeah. 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 Right there. Wasn't that in Iowa? Yes. I was going to go to that game and bailed too. Oh. Tickets uh, on the ice. Me, me and a couple of my buddies were going to go. It was like 30 bucks on the ice. Man, that was such a, fucking sick goal i know it was it's so nasty um i don't know what so i actually saw an article i think it was friedman wrote it but the question he was asking was is Sidney crosby on the mount rushmore of hockey players and uh i had to think about it because right away obviously gretzky and lemieux are one and two so there's two more spots um as a biased red wings fan i'm tossing either lindstrom or Howe up there and then i would say that that spot is probably reserved for Crosby on that fourth spot. Um, I don't think Mario Lemieux on it. I think Gordy Howe, Wayne Gretzky, um, Bobby Orr, and uh, and yeah, if we're giving it away right now. Then yeah, Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin. Why would um, you put Why would you put Lemieux on there? Why wouldn't I? Yeah, because there's no room for him with Gretzky, Orr, and Gordy Howe. I guess like the reason I say like he's a lock is just because I never got to watch him play, but like just watching like his highlights and like how people talk about him, he was the second most dominant, arguably the the most dominant player in hockey history. Who? Lemieux. Yeah, but uh, he didn't change the game the way the other guys did. That's fair. Okay, I, that, that's a great like, foundation, uh, I, I, too. I, I nothing away from Mario, because I grew up watching Mario, and I love Mario. He was a, a game changer, but he didn't – you know what I mean? He didn't change the game in yeah, different ways. I know what you mean. Um, like, even, even um, you know, like Eric Lindros changed the game in a big way. That He was the first person that, that had the size that he could run you over yeah, but he had the, the the speed and the finesse of of Gretzky. 
And yeah. it was like, well, that, but unfortunately, you know, he injury riddled career and cause he would have been one of the all time greats. Right. Yeah. And also with that, like mountain Rushmore, it, it feels like kind of weird to not include a goalie, but like just looking at like the history of like game changers, like you said, like Gordy Howe and Gretzky changed the game in such prolific ways. And then Sidney Crosby is the best player that we've seen since Lemieux. So, I mean, it, it's definitely tough to include a goalie, you know, when you only have four spots, but I, I think I'd probably put Patty Wap there. It, it's hard to, it's hard to do it when you're to do a Mount Rushmore and pick four when you're going, you know, uh, such a historic yeah. uh, sport, uh, a historic league that, um, that, that totally put four faces on it. Um, but if it's going to be hockey and we're not just going with the NHL, I'd say the goaltender that has to be on it is uh, Vladislav Trediak from the Soviet Union. Um, okay. he, he was, he was the, the, the dominant goaltender. You know what I mean? The Soviets, he was the only goalie the Soviets played. Um, I'll say that's a Soviets fucking hot dominated. take to put him you know, up they, there. They won. Yeah. They would go like, uh, you know, 50 and, and one and then win another 75 games and then lose one. And, and he was always in net and, um, yeah, I uh, what you're saying. you know, and th- yeah, but, uh, sorry. And then to, uh, yeah. And, and he was drafted by, um, by Montreal in the 1984 draft. Um, and, uh, when he tried to leave Russia, they, they took him in a room and they told him <laughs> if he ever left again, that, uh, this is a true story. They told him if they, they grabbed him at the military, grabbed him at the airport, told him if he ever tried to leave Russia again, they'd kill him and his family. Jesus Christ. So um, the other goaltender that Montreal um, drafted in that. Um, now I want to get his name right uh, while I, when I'm out. Um, yeah, I can't find it, but. Um, the other goalie they Montreal drafted in that draft was uh, Sidney Crosby's father. I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah, who never played, but uh, yeah. Okay, let's get to some Red Wing stuff. Um, I check every week before we oh, record. Oh, hold on, one more thing. Oh yeah, I go don't for know it. Today, uh, the World Juniors will be played in August. Yes, I did see that. I forgot to take notes about that. That's gonna be awesome, and they, they got a fresh slate. Same teams and everything, yep, but yeah. new fresh slate. So the ages won't matter because they're going by last the last, last year. age, like what it would have been. Yeah. yeah, and it'll take place after the uh, Ivan Halinka Wayne Gretzky Memorial Tournament, which is the 18 mm. under uh, like a four nations thing. I can't even watch that in America. I don't think I got to find like some crazy illegal stream. Um, I was oh, going to say though, I don't think they show it here much either. Oh, uh, really? Okay. Um, is our guys like Owen Power going to be allowed to play? Like if Buffalo is like, no, you're not going. <laughs> I think I, I think they let him go. I think it'll be talked about. Like, but Kirby uh, Doc, though, I, bet, I bet teams are a little bit more skeptical of sending their young stars over there. Especially if Power plays this year in the NHL and lights it up after Michigan finishes their year. Yeah, I wonder it, but. That, but you know the thing is, like I'm sure it'll be talked about with between the union and the and the league. Um, yeah, and uh, owners. Buffalo, yeah, because if the, if the players' association says, "Listen, yeah, o- Owen wants to play at the World Juniors or something," and I mean I don't know, but I'm assuming this is how a conversation could go. 
Owen yeah. wants to play the World Juniors. And if not, then Owen just uh, finish up in Michigan and work out all year, all summer, and uh, don't sign with Buffalo until training camp. Yeah. I, I don't put it past Buffalo because, like, speaking of a shit organization, Buffalo, like, is right now, no offense, love Buffalo and, like, love the fan base, but um, – like you can't put it past them. Like Chicago did it and their shit bag organization with Kirby Doc, like I just mentioned. So I mean I I guess we'll see. It's it probably yeah, won't Chicago be a, sent Doc and he got hurt. It was unfortunate. Right. That, that's what I'm saying. Like I I don't know if that's like a one off thing. Like you can't just expect that you're gonna send your young sons and they're gonna get injured, you know. Like I don't know. It it, it will be interesting to see what they do though. Especially with like the guys who probably could I think crack. Owen Power being so young and so so good, so young, they'll they'll want him to get more time. Yeah, go, go more throw reps. some more games in. It's in summer. It's in the summer, too. Yeah, it's August. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you still have a – even if you do a – and, I mean, that guy I don't think is getting hurt, uh, you know, big, big time. Oh, if he hurts something and he's out a week or so, well, he still has, like, six weeks before training camp. Before training so, camp, yeah. Um, or three weeks before training camp anyway. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they'll be allowed to go. Um I'm getting a yeah. fucking ad from ESPN. I hope this doesn't play in the in the broadcast. Um, anyway, uh, wanted to talk quickly about the Red Wings schedule in the second half uh, because it's a fucking gauntlet. Um, the last time we talked, they just came off a 6-3 win over the Flyers. They followed it up uh, following Saturday after we recorded last episode with a 4-2 win over the Flyers. So a two-game sweep humming away. Um, Monday night, they played the wild started out really hot 2 zero. um, <laughs> Lindstrom got his first career goal. Shouts out to him for that. Uh, that that's his first pro goal too. I never scored in the Swedish pro systems or, or the American hockey league. Yeah. First pro goal. Exactly. Yeah. I, that, that's huge for a guy like that. And especially coming off a game on Saturday where Zadina had that really nice shot and goal, like monkey off the back type goals, uh, especially for, for uh, Zadina, not as much. Uh, Gustav, but I mean, still huge goal for him. Um, the Red Wings would pff, fall apart to put it nicely um, the rest of the game and drop that game against the wild seven, four um, looking ahead tonight. We have the Rangers an excellent team. That's going to be a battle. It's at MSG um, on a Thursday night. Yeah. I actually was reading some stuff today from the New York writers and I, I wouldn't put New York writers in the same uh, hemisphere or stratosphere as the Boston writers where like the Boston writers are just the worst, like unreadable content, but they are a little um, self-inflated with like how their team is and their young stars. But that one of the headlines was Lafreniere versus Raymond. And uh, it's not going to be a contest. It's not a fucking contest. Raymond is a thousand times a player that Lafreniere is. No offense, Lafreniere, because I, I obviously I would love to have him on the Red Wings. I think he'd have a different career if he was on the Red Wings right now. But um, he plays yeah. on a lot better Rangers team. But uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I'm ha- I'm happy that we have Raymond. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really that was the that was the year we should have had the first pick. Yep. Um, and I was really pissed we didn't get Lafreniere. I wasn't mm-hmm. upset when we landed Lucas Raymond. Um, because he was he was talked about all year, uh, maybe as a first. Um, him, Stutzel, Byfield, Lafreniere were all kind of talked about. Um, and uh, yeah, when when it was either, you know, when Lafreniere went, it was like, okay, we got at least we're in four because these three guys were were all top all year. Um, 
you know, and then and then Byfield went, and I I wanted Byfield because he was a big center, beast, yeah. Um, and, and you know, centers are hard to come by, especially big ones like that. And and knowing that Eiserman knows the importance of a of a of a good centerman, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then and then when Byfield went, I kind of wanted Ottawa to take Stutzel because I really wanted Lucas Raymond, so I was really excited because I, I was like, yeah, don't take Raymond because I. I just remember saying, I want that sweet. I want that sweet. I want that sweet. Yeah, the pipeline to the Swedish leagues. But yeah, I remember like pretty much from the beginning of like where the prospect like profiles kind of start up until draft night, you kind of knew that it was going to go one, two, three, Stutzel, Byfield. You didn't know who was going to be two or three. You knew Lafreniere was one. But the closer you got to the actual draft, it kind of seemed like Raymond could have snuck up there. We could have gotten Stutzel. I'm glad. Yeah, like you said, I'm glad that we got um Raymond at four because I think he I don't know it's so early to tell with Byfield he could be the second best player in that draft or the first depending on how Raymond and him kind of flip-flop because I, I don't think that Stutzler is gonna touch them necessarily he, he could still be an incredible player but I don't I don't think he's gonna be Lucas Raymond and I'm probably biased by saying that but I do believe that um yeah. but back to the schedule we got Rangers tonight that'll be a good one uh like I said in MSG it's gonna be a big game Thursday night crowd will be rocking uh we're off until Wednesday, and we got the Avalanche, great team, and we got the Maple Leafs on Saturday, Hurricanes, Lightning, Panthers, all in a row. So we're gonna have a fucking a big test coming up here. Um, yeah, it's gonna be time. <laughs> it'll be fun to watch though, because we're we're gonna see. Not that we don't watch these guys regularly, but we're gonna see what like what the status quo is for being a cup contending team. It'll be good to see how like Mo Sider and those guys do how that first line uh, produces against some of these um, really strong defensive teams minus um, Toronto. No offense, Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited for the Toronto game. Um, Tampa Bay. Um, Cause I always like to see how we do against them because they're kind of the, mm-hmm. the, league, the league standard. Um, yeah. Call it, and then, I mean, Colorado, Colorado will be a good one because while well, they're fucking the best. It's too. Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, they're right there with Tampa. Fuck. Uh, talking about contenders. Last night was Jack Eichel's debut with Vegas. Um, I think they're. Yep. I mean, you they basically traded Jack Eichel for Mark Stone. We'll see Mark Stone in the uh, playoffs. He's currently on LTIR, but you're flip flopping those two players for the rest of the regular season, at least. Um, I mean, Vegas catapults to you know a top tier team with having Eichel. So um, that, that Western conference is going to be pretty top heavy between Colorado and Vegas. Now I think that's probably going to be your Western conference matchup. Unless, unless fucking Calgary has something to say about it. They've been, they've been really hot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Calgary's looking good, man. They, they fucking added Tyler Tuck Foley and mm-hmm. uh, what a goal he had last night too in his first game. Did you did you happen to see that goal? No, I'm gonna look it up right now. Keep talking. Um, yeah, you gotta see that because he comes in and he he makes the deep back to try to away from the net, and he he's like one footed and he's got the other foot up in the air, and he just looks so casual skating that it's like, oh fuck, man, he's good. Dude, those he's jerseys really are so really sexy. Good. Ooh. Yeah, you just, just grabbed it perfectly. Just makes me just it. I was I was watching it this morning and it just gave me a half job when I was laying in bed watching Sports Center. 
Yeah, he looks great in that. Jer- I mean, those jerseys just look incredible. But he look he looks he looks natural in that jersey. Good for him. Uh, speaking of that trade, let's go through that real quick. So it was uh, to Foley to Calgary uh, for a first round pick, top ten protected, or a twenty twenty three first and a twenty twenty four fourth, and a twenty twenty four fourth round pick, Emil Heineman and Tyler Pitlick. Heineman. Uh, what's your kind of thoughts on that right away? I, th- I think that Calgary kind of won that trade, honestly. I mean, Montreal needs to have picks. I think it's a win-win from their side, but just like looking at it from an outside perspective, I think that Calgary maybe has a slight advantage. I don't think it's a blowout trade by any means. Um, sorry, you think, you think who won the trade? Calgary marginally. Uh, yeah. I, I would agree. Um, to fully, like I said, he's a great player and he's been a great player for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, he gets, he gets it done and he's been doing it quiet for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but you know, going to Canada, he started to get his name out, you know, cause it wasn't, uh, wasn't LA or, or, you know, he spent a little time in Vancouver too. Um, but going out to Montreal and then, and now Calgary and he did really well everywhere he's played. Um, but yeah, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what, what Montreal is able to do with the first round pick. Um, cause that's, that, that'll be something. And, um, who was the, uh, Pitlick? Yeah. Pitlick. Uh, Pitlick's not a bad player. And then, and then they get this, uh, this prospect also a European prospect who's, uh, Heineman, yeah. uh who, who was drafted by Florida and moved mm-hmm. to Calgary in the Sam Reinhardt acquisition or so was it Reinhardt that went from Calgary to Florida? Yeah. Right. Sam Reinhardt. Um, yeah. That Sam Bennett. Right. Sam 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 yeah. There you go. I was going to say Sam Reinhardt. He went to I don't know Philly? who Sam Reinhardt is, but shout out to or him. He, Sam Reinhardt went to Buffalo. Oh, there is a Sam Reinhardt. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So yeah. shout out Sam Reinhardt too. Making <laughs> another show. Yeah. Um, uh, apparently that I'm, I'm reading like LeBron's and those guys kind of like tweets about it. Uh, apparently the Canadians really wanted this Heineman kid and they're all in obviously getting on in on first round picks as the fire sale starts. Um, another reporter says that the flames are kind of going all in right now. And they're going to figure out their cap mess uh, next year. So they're, they're going for it this year. I'm assuming they're going to have one more big move uh, in the bank they're going to go for. Not sure what it's going to be, but if that's like what their their thought process is, adding another middle six, a top six guy or a top four guy is probably in the books. Um, what else we got? Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of trades, Claude Giroux, he came out a couple of days ago, informed his agent and Chuck Fletcher, the GM, that he wants to go to Colorado. Um, I took a look at Cat Cap Friendly. Colorado has about 200k to work with. Um, Claude Drew will be a huge ad for him, especially in the playoffs. Or for them, excuse me, not for him. Um, but the issue is money, so they'd have to move either Burakovsky, uh, TJ Comfer, or uh, Val Nishkushkin. One of those three guys, um, based on age. I'm assuming Philly wants to go younger, a little bit more sc- scorched earth here. Uh, probably go for uh, Valdis Gushkin. Or if they can squeeze out a Tyson Yost, 
That'd probably be their move. But interesting to see that um, Claude Giroux a month out of the deadline or month from the deadline is already talked to his GM about being moved. Well, yeah, he's been somebody that's been talked about, uh, you know, getting traded since the summertime and maybe even since last season. Um, yeah, he'd be a huge uh, rental ad. Um, <clears throat> the thing is, yeah, what do you, what do you give up? Like, I don't think uh, just Machushkin and something's gonna quite do the fucking trick. Yeah, yeah, Drew's a a big ad. It would probably take a first. Like you gotta you gotta give up Bowen Byram? Uh no, I don't think so. I don't know. They're pretty deep in the prospect pool. They could probably dig into that quite a bit. And speaking of teams that like are ready to go for it all, talking about Calgary, the Avalanche have been there for a couple of years now. Like they're getting close to being in I wouldn't say cap hell, but like they need to start um seriously contending for cups now. They don't they don't have a first or second this year. So you'd have to figure if they are going to trade a first, it's 2023 and a, and a, you know, a B plus prospect to an A minus prospect uh, to get you real. And uh, assuming that Philly is looking to move him for somewhat of a value deal for the, for the other team. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be an interesting uh, to see what, where, where Giroux goes, because he's definitely going to get moved. I yeah. think that – I think I was thinking that. I think it was pretty obvious um, even even all season. Now that it's come out that he's kind of said, hey, here, and if you can't make that work, let's go here and here. Um, and basically the making it work is probably – he's probably telling them, hey, you know, let me know the offers because um, before, you know – so, and, and, you know, if you're going to get a good – if you're going to get better value for me – if I go to Calgary, well, I'll go to Calgary. If you're going to get shit from Colorado, don't send me there. Don't I want to help there. the organization because he's somebody that also, man, they, they could garner a first for him, maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and he could go back to Philly in the, in the offseason. That's true. Um, two more teams that he noted he'd also be open to playing for is Minnesota and St. Louis. Yeah. But yeah, so. Minnesota and St. Louis, yeah. Um, I could see him on any of those three teams, honestly. Yeah, I believe his wife is from Minnesota. Mm. That team. Whew. Talk about them in the West, too. I I, I think, they, I don't know. They, they could have the firepower to get it done, but they look really good right now. Man, I could I could picture Claude Giroux in a fucking mini uniform, too, with that fucking the orange, flow. Wiley, with that orange Wiley beard, man, yeah. and that dark green. Mm-hmm. Um. Have you heard about this? Um, the the head coach for this uh, Z- ZSC Lions of the uh, Swiss National League, uh, the top league in Switzerland, Richard Gronberg. No, uh, I haven't heard about this. Was uh, assistant coach with Sweden was um, caught? Uh, not caught. Yeah, he's not in trouble or anything. Was um, um, reportedly um, on the phone very often during these Olympics with Nicholas Lindstrom has been seen with Nicholas Lindstrom um, in Switzerland and in Sweden. Um, and there, somebody said, you know, I don't know who um, that Lindstrom may be making a case to uh, get him as the next head coach. His name's Richard Gronborg. 
Um, 53-year-old, he'd be the first European head coach. Um, and, you know, what? where else would it come but a Swede in Detroit to, to get it done? I like his uh I like his beard. He looks he looks very uh Yeah, he lump- looks like he could be uh play like um he, he's the actor in a movie about Thomas Holmstrom that when Holmstrom <laughs> retired he struggled and this guy plays him in the movie. <laughs> he's guess, where, guess where he played at Holmstrom. Pardon? Guess where he played at? Where? He played at St. Cloud State and then he went to Wisconsin Stout. And then he played for Great Falls America in the AWHL. Oh, no, he was an assistant coach at Wisconsin Stout. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, he was a coach. He yeah. was a coach. And then he was a scout and then a coach for a long time. Oh, wow. Okay. The, uh, the, but the Lions and, and Swiss, yeah, have been a wagon for a while. So uh, They have a bigger stadium than the Coyotes do, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay, so now, now that you've touched on that, I have this open ready to talk about this fucking clown. <laughs> this fucking clown uh-huh. show, bro. Oh, this, it's this, so uh, bad. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, quote this tweet to you and see if you can uh, see who tweeted it. Okay. It says, NHL doing more to keep a team around that was locked out of their arena for failing to pay their bills and is now moving to a 5K arena. Then actually growing and diversifying the game, you really can't make this stuff up. Sean Avery. No, our old friend Akeem Alou, because oh, he's got to come out every month to try to make himself feel fucking relevant and call the NHL out for some racism. Talking about the, the Coyotes moving to Arizona State, and he brings the racism card into it. Like, come on, Akeem. <laughs> hey, I'm on his side for calling the NHL because I think it's a fucking joke. For sure, but but like, stop. He just tries to make himself be relevant every month because he couldn't make it in the league. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, I mean, yeah, the clown show continues. That is confirmed now that they're going to ASU, and it's funny that the the team's official Twitter account tweeted a picture of their new stadium, basically like under heavy construction, being like our home next year. And like they're happy about it. It's like you guys. Yeah. It's just, it's did tough, you ever man. watch Trailer Park Boys? Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you see the meme um, where it said the Coyotes checking out um, their home for next next, and it was uh, Ricky yeah, Watering. Remember when he made the little ice rink inside the trailer? Yeah. And it was oh Ricky God. with the hose, and it said the uh, the Coyotes checking out their rink for next year, and it was like, "Yep, fuck, looks good, boys." Dude, some fucking. High schools in Minnesota have a bigger capacity than this. It's it's so bad. How do they Some make any high money? Schools, most high schools in Minnesota also have more fans than fucking Arizona guys. That's true. They do. Yeah, they have sellouts. Yeah, I mean, what a joke. Um, also, speaking of like trade stuff, it came out like earlier in the week that Flurry was open to being traded to the Golden Knights. Was down yeah, for huge, rumor. huge false rumor. Yeah, and then it comes out that McCrimmon says that he's not he's not going to go to the Golden Knights. Yeah, so I think that was Frank Saravelli that said that he was going to go back to the Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Saravelli does that shit a lot to try to stir up the pot, man. He'll just make up shit that, I mean, you know, seemed like 
hey, that's a good thing to make up. Leonard's out. Why wouldn't they go get Flurry? I'm telling you, like I said, the Toronto Maple Leafs need Mark Andre Flurry, but uh, I don't give a fuck about the Maple Leafs. So, fucking uh, Oilers. Before man. I forget, before I forget, Jacob Verona has been cleared for contact. That was on my next. Yep, he's uh he's been skating, doing passing and shooting drills. He's still in a non non contact jersey, controlled environment. But I mean, all signs are leading to. Okay, this has got to be a whole another topic because. The way Boston is going right now with Marshawn and Bergeron out, Detroit's out by seven points, but Boston has three games in hand. If the Red Wings get a top six first line winger back in their lineup, the Bruins struggle. Are we looking at a playoff spot? I hope not. I hope not also, but if it happens, I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm not going to be happy about it. <laughs> I know I, I'm pissed because I was just on this train of being like, I don't care if we lose or win games. I'd rather us lose games and have the young guys play well. But like this reading that, like he's almost there. Like he's climbing the fucking the window back in the NHL games and the Bruins are going to be struggling. I don't know. But also we talked about the fucking schedule earlier too. Like we have a tough schedule. It's going to be an uphill battle. So I, I don't know, but it, if we can get through this next two or three week stretch of like this shit show of games against like contenders and we come out 500 or better, I might be all in. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see I, what happens. I flip flop my opinion like every day on this because I don't know. I, obviously, I want to see them, see them in the playoffs, but I don't want to see them like cripple their you know, chance at a top pick. Not that we're going to get Shane Wright anyway, but. You know. No, but Brad Lambert looks Brad so Lambert. good. He looks, he looks, he looks so, so good with his blonde hair flying when he's skating with that blue and white Finland jersey. That's how good he would look skating with that red and white Red Wing jersey with his blonde locks flowing in the wind. True. True. Um, one thing I, one, another thing I wanted to mention, I don't know if you remember Ian White. Played for the Red Wings for a little bit. Yeah, it rings a bell. Uh, he wore number eighteen with the he Red played Wings. For the, he played for the Penguins for a while, right? I don't believe so. Played for Toronto. I'm thinking um, of Ian Cole. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you're thinking Ian Cole still plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, Ian White. Yes. Um, this this thing I've seen said addiction doesn't just affect the drug addict; it affects families. Ian White played over 500 National Hockey League games but retired, broke, and addicted to painkillers. And his wife, Tess, was left to try to put their family back together all by herself. That's heavy. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's just uh, crazy about Ian White. I didn't know that about him until I saw this uh, the other couple days ago. Um, uh, it was done. Uh, it's a, it, it is an article from uh, Rick Westhead and uh, who does an outstanding job um, covering NHL. Uh, yeah, he did the um, the Blackhawks thing with um, Kyle, uh, Kyle Beach. Excuse me, I can't believe I forgot his name. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. The, I, I just hope this helps uh, the players' association, not the players' association, but the league. Um, do a better job in the future because there's a lot of players um, 
you know, like Kyle and I talked about uh, Steve, um, you know, who, who they, they need help. Um, not exactly. And, you know, you see guys get the help, like, like Carey Price and, and other guys who have gone into the program, Jordan Tutu. But after, it seems like after they retire, the, you know, the, the, the league won't help them get into these programs. Uh, guys, apparently like Ian White, guys like Steve Downey, um, not all guys for drug problems, but you know, they need help and, uh, it's a hard road. And, uh, and, and when you're in the league, I feel like they hand the, the medical staff, you know, like comes out the more and more stories we hear the medical, not even the medical staff, it's just the coaching staff hands out pills. Like they're ticking. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, that, that was a big thing that happened like at the beginning of this year. Is that like, I forgot what player came out and said it. I, I'm pretty sure Pat- it was an, who? who? Nolan Patrick was. Yeah, to I was going to say it at, at the time. Nolan it was a, yeah. fan. I'm a big fan of his because I think he was really a, an amazing player and uh, he's had the concussions that really affected him. And now he's know, got he's one like up. last night. Yeah, they were just they were just popping him pills when it, like getting off the plane, popping him pills. Uh, you know, Did you see his hit last night? No. McKinnon on him. It was a bad hit. Open ice. McKinnon didn't mean to do it. Well, I. I I'm not going to actually say that, but it looked like it wasn't supposed to be that aggressive. You should look the hit up, but McKinnon is kind of like warding him off with his offhand, his right hand. Yeah, and, uh, an open ice hit. It, it, like they were like trailing each other, but it wasn't the open ice. And McKinnon's elbow and shoulder came up and hit him right in the head and he went down. Yeah, okay. I did see it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't like it, it wasn't like a disgusting hit. It just unfortunate the way it it kind of happened, but yeah, yeah, I, that was the, as soon as you started saying that, I was thinking of probably October of this year when Nolan Patrick came out and said, like, it's easy to get pills from our trainers and our, um, you know, like the training staff and stuff like that. And that clearly a young kid has the balls to come out and say that he's not the first one that has felt that way or had that happen to him. I'm sure it's a long history, which is sad because, you know, these guys are warriors and they're putting their bodies in the line. You'd hope that the NHL PA, the NHL has better intentions for them than what's going on. But uh, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of this stuff is going to change, hopefully, in the future. Um, I did want to bring up this, though. I thought it was kind of interesting. Mark Stahl and one of his pressers today, this morning, super excited about going back to uh, New York for the game tonight. He's quote-unquote said uh, – bringing back a flood of great memories. So good for him. Good to see Mark Stahl uh, get back there. He played what 15 years in New York or something like that around 15 years. Um, oh, that. Yeah. yeah I mean, if they're looking for a, a left shot defenseman, we got the guy for you. <laughs> <laughs> it only costs you Alex for Fred here. Dude, at this point, we talk about like every pot at this point, but fucking Caco and Lafreniere. They have a Caco Lafreniere problem. I'd happily gobble up one of those guys for uh, a nice pick and a player in return. Hey, what um, what year would have been your uh, like NHL draft year? Uh, uh, 2014, 15, Larkin's year. Okay. So Patrick's year, I'm pretty sure, right? It was the year before. Uh, oh, okay. Hold on. Don't don't look it up then, because if you're struggling to know who it is, I, this is what I was going to ask you. Okay. Who was the first pick in what would have been your draft year? 
Uh, Nico Heischer. You said you're drafted to. You would have been drafted in 15. Was that was that Larkin's year? Hold on. No, it might have been Patrick. It could have been Patrick too. No, Patrick. hold on. Give me a sec. Okay. Um, that was the year with. Uh, I think it was Heiskanen and Larkin. No, so it would have been Lark- if Larkin's year. That's 14. So who would have been first? What? I, I'm assuming it's Nolan Patrick. I thought it was Heischer though. No, man. Patrick was like 17. Aaron Ekblad in 2000. Holy shit. Really? It seems like he's been the league. Ekblad's goal? No, I didn't see it. They they played Carolina, right? I think it was last night. He scored overtime winner. Against Carolina? Yeah. What did you say? Sorry. No, I was like saying the same shit. Um I bet on that game. I bet on uh, Florida Live and I went down by one, like plus 270. Didn't work out very well, but I thought that like Florida was like more of a put together, more established team. But in actuality, Carolina's been better longer than Florida has. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina's always actually a pretty steady team. Um, they're never really, well, no, no, no. They're never really like down at the bottom. And if they are, it's like a season. They don't stick at the bottom for years. They're yeah, always right. in the middle of the pack. You know, they got Sveshnikov that one year, two overall. But besides that, you're right. Like, they have been, like, pretty steady, if not, like, at this point, they're leaning on, you know, like a top four or five team in the league. Yeah. Thank God they gave up on Ned. I, yeah, uh, I, I... <laughs> Oh, um, or else we might have had to resign Peter Brassic. He's having a good year, though, I guess, right? Yeah, fuck Toronto. Yeah, fuck Toronto. Um, do you see the Brandon Hagel stuff in Chicago? What, what, uh, what their interim GM wants for Hagel? No. And Brandon no. Hagel's like, uh, you know, do you even like know that name? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. Okay, he's like a middle six guy. He's a grinder, but they he, he's going to be trade bait for sure at the deadline. But the GM, I can't think of his fucking name, Davidson, um, wanted a first and a quote-unquote premier prospect for Brandon Hagel. A guy that you can get, like, Giovanni Smith's not much worse than Brandon Hagel. I, I like they're both grinders. I think Hagel's probably a little, little bit more skilled, a little bit faster. Hagel's, Can, got, Hagel's got 14 goals. How many points do he have? Like 30 points? He's got 27 points. But he's also playing with better line mates, too. Like Giovanni's playing but with what? like Rasmussen. So he wants and, a first and a premier prospect. Mm-hmm. So then we should be able to get that for Nemeskikov. Uh,. Yeah, like if that if Hagel's Hagel's almost a carbon copy Vlad Nemestikov. Uh, yeah, Hagel's I, I'd say scrappier. Statistically. Statistically, yeah. I think I don't know who do you think be better in the playoffs. I I would say that Hagel's like more of a gritty, grindy, third slot in the fourth line guy for a really good playoff team like the Avalanche or something. But same with Nemestikov, he'd be playing the same role and probably having more points. So four teams have called about Brandon Hagel. They want a first-round pick and an A prospect. He's a 23-year-old uh, winger. 
That is fucking nuts. I don't know. Well, what else do you think? um, Sorry, what else do you think Montreal sells off? Oh, God, I gotta look at their fucking roster. What do you think off, off, uh, uh, well, Ben Sherry, I think, will go. Sherratt. Um, ben Sherratt, yeah. Um, Josh Anderson could be moved. Paul Byron could be moved, Josh I guess. That contract, though, don't they? Josh Anderson's contract's like two more years at like two and a half, probably. He's in his pro. No, dude. He's on a fresh five and a half. Is he really? Five? Christ. Yeah. I don't think they'd move Dvorak or Druin, right? Dude, he signed a seven-year deal. Or, uh, yeah, he's on year one of a seven-year deal for 5.5. But that's I, I feel bad I for them for that. Building around. He's 27. You're going to start building around Josh Anderson. And then you're going to build around Duran and Dvorak as well, right? Yeah, those will be got your, your pieces. Okay, Mike Hoffman can be traded then. Cedric Puckett. Uh, Mike Hoffman traded. Yep. Cedric Puckett traded. Yep. Um, Petri gone. Could Tyler's brother be traded? Rem? No, not related. Not related. Nope. I just assume that. Uh, Ryan Paling's a part of the core. Suzuki's a part of the core. Cole Caulfield's a part of the core. Um, Brennan Gallagher probably won't get traded, I would imagine. Oh, Lake- hey, sorry. Hmm. They may be brothers. I think they. I think they are. Okay, because I saw that one is American and one's Canadian, but they're both born in Minnesota, United States. So, but one it says nationality is Canadian. One says um, Ottawa. Yeah. Now they could have. Um, their father could have been a hockey player or something. Uh, what's up with and- the Jeff Petrie shit being linked to Detroit? Because we can eat his cap and they can give us a fucking one of their many first round picks. So it would be they would give us Oh, they only have two. I thought they they don't they don't have their own first round pick this year. Who did they trade last year to give up their first? I can't even remember now. Um I feel like it was uh Oh, in the um to get Christian Dvorak. Oh yeah, for um, yeah Arizona, yeah, yeah. But they have so Montreal does have Calgary and Carolina's first this year, though. I hope they play each other in the cup. That'd be hilarious. They just get like the thirty-second and thirty-first overall picks for that. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> what? That'd be fucking hilarious. Yeah, right. They just get screwed. And especially because like this. <laughs> especially because be, this. Be all time. It would be. And this draft class is like so top heavy that like yeah. when you're picking in the like 20 on is not going to be a legitimate first round pick anyway. So. Yeah, no. Um, next year's will be a little better. Connor Bedard's draft. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely better overall, but it, it is. Relative to the rest of the draft, it is top heavy with uh, Michkov and uh, Bedard. I'll take I'll take a second and a third and Jeff Petrie. 
Yeah, you got to unload a player, though, too. I would imagine. Okay. Um, Mark Stahl. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. No, no, I don't want a second and a third. I want um, I want a third and, like, a prospect who is two to three years out and looks Both promising. Ha! <laughs> he looks like he's about two or three years yeah, out. He does. <laughs> yeah, the funny part is he actually does. What? Like, what the fuck? Last year in the playoffs, this guy was a fucking legend. He was an all-time beauty. He got sent down this year in 20 games. It's unbelievable. I mean, I'm, I could understand that. He's young, but, I mean, he didn't even tear it up down there. He got I'll two take, goals I don't even three want him. assists in six games. He has three goals and seven assists for 10 points in 33 games, and he's a minus 17. Who's the best prospect in the NHL right now? I think it's uh, Zegras, Raymond, Sider, um, Lundell. Well, they're not prospects any longer. Well, I guess like the top, the top uh, rookies. Also, how's that race? How's that race going? NHL rookies. Cider, 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 Raymond, and Zegras. Yeah, and not. I don't. Lundell's going to be an excellent player, I think, though. Um. Oh wow, Michael Bunting's actually fourth in scoring behind. Oh, Trevor yeah, Zegras. Michael Bunting can't win the Calder Trophy. Oh shit. So it, he's too old. Well, uh, look at last year. Raymond and Sider are one and two. Yeah, they twenty six. He can still win it though. No, 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 no. You can't be over twenty five years old. I thought I thought he was still eligible. Bunting. No, no, he's a rookie, but he's not. He can't. You can't win the Calder being over twenty five years old. Mm, uh So. Uh, Raymond has a five-point lead on – or a six-point lead, excuse me. A six-point lead on Zegers, but Zegers has six games in hand. Zegers is going to win it regardless. There's no fucking way that Raymond wins it. Oh, I don't know. Cider might, man. It's because he's a defenseman? Like, no. He's nope. Because he's a defenseman, he's not going to win it. Oh, well. He'd have well, to be on a better team. I'm, I, I am worried about it because if we don't win a Calder, I'm going to be a little upset. Who cares? Calder fucking trophy means nothing. Fucking nothing to the organization. I, I know it means what we fucking need. Who cares about the Calder? I know hey, they're like the here's one trade. Yeah. Here's your trade. We'll take Jeff Petrie. You got to give us a third and Jake Evans for mm-hmm. Mark Stahl. I do that. Oh, oh. Mm, I don't know if they do that. Probably have to toss in something back. Or take like a higher round pick. A fifth rounder, maybe. A fifth round of this draft is meaningless. But. Or we just toss in a, a pick going back. Yeah, toss like a sixth toss going back. A, toss up a fourth because we got three of them this year. True. We have a million picks. I can't wait for fucking uh, trade deadline and the draft stuff, the lottery and shit. To add to the collection of the nine picks that we have? No, I'm excited for the deadline. To uh, It's always just exciting. And then for the uh, oh, lottery, yeah. just to see where we land. Um, that's pretty much all I got. What else you got? It does deserve to win it this year. Who does? We do. 
Or the lottery? Yeah, I, that's what I've been saying they all year. They can't rig it toward, to Arizona. Or Chicago. Yeah, well, they can't rig it toward Chicago, but they can't. But I, I think they would have tried to rig it towards Arizona, but you can't now because you can't grow this team can't. in a fucking 2,000-seat arena. Yeah. He's not going to want to fucking go play at a smaller rink than he plays that in Kingston, Ontario. Kingston <laughs> is a fucking middle of nowhere. Like, it's 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 cold up there, man. You don't want to fucking go to Arizona even worse than he wants to be in Kingston. And they're not going to give Buffalo back-to-back first overalls. No, Montreal's going to win. Mo- no, Mont- they fucked up second overall. Montreal's going to get Shane right? Detroit, baby. I have a feeling that Shane Wright, I've said, I said it like, I don't know if it was the last podcast or the one before that, but I I just have a bad feeling he's going to have a Lafreniere type career to start. Yeah, he's not, I don't think he's going to be, uh, he's not going to be as good as Bedard. Yeah, I think Bedard's going to be the real be fucking deal. overall good, but not like, It'll be like Nugent Hopkins first overall good. Lafreniere for like they're not yeah changing the game, but they're good players. He won't be um who's the guy from Edmonton, the huge bust. He won't be that bad. Yakupov. Yeah, Nail Yakupov. He won't be that bad, but uh No. But Connor Bedard will be like Connor McDavid. And then you have uh like Bedard and Michkov, who could be Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin getting reincarnated, going Connor one Bedard. two. It, it, and Connor Bedard works out in the offseason with McDavid. Oh God, it's horrifying. Whoever gets him next year, but honestly, next year, like we we probably won't even worry about prospects because I don't. I'm not like expecting playoffs, but I think we will be a playoff team next year, depending yeah. on what we do in the offseason. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a billion dollars to play with, and a lot of free agents, a lot of trades to be made, a lot of teams in cap hell. That that to shed players, and even if we are like a fringe playoff team next year, like a lot of those guys that are on cap hell teams are gonna get moved. It'll be interesting, and I I don't know. I see playoffs a lot sooner than what we thought it was gonna be. Yeah. All right, what else you got? Anything? Dude, Connor Bedard had like 17 points in like 21 games before the World Juniors. Since the World Juniors, in 13 games, he has 30 points. He's so nice. I got to start watching his games, dude. I always, I watch like the 37 points in 34 games. Can you watch Kingston games on uh, like anywhere? There's a CHL app you can download. Um, I think you got to pay like five bucks a month or something. I don't know how much it is. Mm. Oh, you yeah, there's a pass. Free somewhere. Oh, there's a free TV pass. Does Kingston play tonight? I'll fucking watch Kingston play tonight. They are. They're playing Ottawa. Kingston, Shane Wright, yeah. Oh, they already played, though. They played at 1 p.m. Oh, wait, no, no. This is on 21st, whatever day that is. So Monday. They play the 67s. All these games are at fucking 2 p.m. The whole league is playing. On Monday? Yeah. Yeah, because it's a fucking uh, holiday. Oh, an American holiday, yeah. 
No, it's Canadian holiday. You guys have President's Day as well? We don't have a president. Why would we have President's Day? Yeah, why, why, why is it a holiday for you guys? Yeah, it's called Family Day, bud. Oh, there's an actual holiday called Family Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came around like five, five, uh, no, probably about, uh, shit, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. So it's kind of like Labor Day? Just hang out with your family and chill? Yeah, yeah. Here, have a long weekend in February. <laughs> there you go. Shouts out to the Canadians just making shit up. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's only in like Ontario and a couple other provinces, too. Really? It's not even nationwide, bro. Damn, that's that's weird. Weird country. Canada's a weird country. It's great, great country, but just a little weird. I'm sure but America seems like, weird, too. Dude, it, it is like Christmas where places will be closed. Like, I'm talking like gas stations, fast food restaurants, and grocery stores open. That's it, bro. Wow, really? Yeah, this place, and fucking people are like, hell yeah, holiday? We're gone! That's awesome. Fuck yeah. Sounds rowdy. All right, you got anything else? No, not really. All right, good pod. I'll see you for the game tonight. All right, buddy, take care. All right, let's go, Wings.